This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host Snigdha and joining us today are two News Laundry reporters, Hamida and Ayan. Hi. Hi. Hello. What are you What's guys up? up to? How's it going? Uh, yeah, working from home just like everyone else. Hamida. Yeah, it's going well. <laughs> you don't sound very sure. Uh, but Hamida, I, I must tell you, you you did an excellent report on uh, Central Vista. Uh, so listeners, uh, I urge you to go on to our website and read her story. Yes, it was uh, a very comprehensive story. Yes. Congratulations. And the video also turned out to be really nice. Yeah. Thank so you. shout out to Aditya also. Right. Yeah. Our right. producer. Yeah, yeah, so the story is titled Central Vista, Why Modi's New New Delhi Isn't a Shining City. And uh, let me tell you that this is a completely reader-funded story. So we have something called News Laundry Sena Project, where readers contribute whatever they wish, whatever amount they wish, and for the story to uh, be carried out. And uh, this is one of those projects. So, shout out to all the 50 plus uh, re, uh, contributors, I mean, the people who yeah. contributed to this story. And uh, Ayan, you've also done a very shocking report. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, Just to interrupt, yeah, so uh, we also have a couple of more NL Serena stories up on our website. So, you can still, you know, go to our website and contribute to those projects as well. Yes. Yeah, my fellow colleague is now on an NL Sena report. He's uh, working on it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on the public health policy. In uh, India. It's, it's actually, uh, no, it's um, Delhi specific. The story is Delhi specific. The thing is that, uh, you know, as all of us know that COVID-19 cases are rising and they're yeah. rising at a very faster rate because the, the lockdown has also been eased now and the testing has been also widened. So cases are just going up. So yeah. what we are trying to understand is the fact that if is is Delhi the national capital prepared for a surge of COVID nineteen cases? And mm-hmm. the reason we are trying to look at that because many experts are predicting that cases will reach a peak in the month of July. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to happen, then we also need to you know check how well prepared are we, exactly. how well well equipped uh, we are to deal with the situation. So these are this is basically you know the rough outline of the story. Mm-hmm. So that's what we will try to look at in my story. Okay. Then apart from that, there are a couple of other NLCNA stories as well. So, yeah. details are so there's on the one, uh, there is one uh, being done by Vivek Kaul and he's basically yes, going, to do, yeah, he's going to do a series on the economics of post-India, uh, post-COVID India, yeah. sorry, and uh, how it's going to affect real estate and how it's going to affect you. Uh, so yeah, you can contribute to that story as well. Um, So listeners, before we begin the podcast, I want to tell all of you about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So please subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. You can go to our website, newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. The lowest monthly plan starts at 300 rupees a month only. So be generous. And listeners, if you're listening to this on Spotify or any other podcast platform, please remember that we have a website, www.newslaundry.com, where we do ground reports, interviews with eminent experts, so that we can give you a whole idea of what about is what is about to go down in the post-COVID-19 world and other such topics. So don't forget to go to our website and check the reports and interviews out. Yes, please. So let's begin with some bizarre news stories. Ayan, you want to go first? Okay, yeah. So my bizarre news story is about a BJP MLA from Uttar Pradesh. Hmm. His name is uh, Nankishor Gujar. Hmm. So what happened is that uh, now all of us know that Patalok is making waves. It's a really nice uh, web series on Amazon Prime. And what happened is that uh, the show in one of the episodes featured a photograph of this MLA, Nankishor Gujar. Mm. And according to the MLA, the photo was used without his permission. So that's why he filed a police complaint against uh, the show, basically the producer of the show, Anushka Sharma. Mm. And he also went on to say that the show is, you know, anti-national because it kind of, you know, causes communal disharmony. So that's why he uh, tried to 
uh, I mean, he asked the police to ban the show because it's anti-national and ban it under uh, the National Security Act and yeah. whatever. Wow, wow. So all those things were, I mean, done. It, mm. it was, police complaint was made. Now, mm. what's the most bizarre part of this is that mm. today I came to know the MLA has now asked Virat Kohli, who is Anushka Sharma's husband, Hmm. He's asked Virat Kohli to divorce her because she created an anti-national show. And since Virat Kohli is the captain of the movie oh team, he's a, he's a nationalist. He serves the nation, so that's why he shouldn't be you know, married to her. He should just wow. divorce her immediately. <laughs> so things you know, have gone like, that far. Yeah. It, this is like saying when, you know, Deepika Padukone when she came to JNU, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then yes. people were like, oh, Ranveer Singh, uh-huh. you should do something about your wife. That is yeah. such a... And this is not the first time, no, in uh, 2015 when the, the Cricket World Cup was going on, when mm. India, you know, crashed out of the semi-finals, then also there was a lot of backlash against Anushka Sharma. Mm. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah, present at the ground. Because she distracted because she him was, or something apparently. Yeah, I mean, quote-unquote distract, distracted him. You know, it's insane. Yeah. You can just understand the mentality by, you know, seeing how they react yeah. to such things. Patal look uh, landed in another controversy. So I'm from Dajling, right? So people, uh, the Gorkha yeah, community yeah. there yeah. is extremely upset. Not everybody, actually. I mean, there are people who are, who have a different point of view. So basically the show has this scene where... Uh, this uh, character who is from the Northeast and uh, mm. likes to dress up as a woman, right? Yeah, uh, is being yeah. interrogated by a lady cop, and um, excuse my words, uh, but the lady cop says "sali uh, Nepali Randi" or something right? like that. Oh. So, um, so that has become like this huge issue, and they filed mm. like FIRs against Anushka Sharma. Yeah. Um, I am like on the fence about this, yeah. even though you know Indian cinema, especially Bollywood. Oh, you know, mainstream Bollywood cinemas played a huge role in stereotyping Nepalese people. You know, they're always Bahadur, Chokidar, Bahadur, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, mm. which is a huge problem. But uh, I don't think this show was trying to, uh, like, you know, uh, stereotype people, mm. uh, ne- Nepalese people. Um, mm. Mm. It was just showing reality. I mean, that's the that's truth. Right. This is how yeah. ignorant people are. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, people are very offended. Anyway, mm. uh, Hamida, anyway, yeah. yeah, tell us your. My bizarre news is about a crayon making company, Crayola. So mm. it's launched forty different skin tones based on mm. skin tones of the world, wow. uh, in a bid to promote inclusivity. And it's said that mm. um, the and it's called the forty colored crayons are called colors of the world. Huh. To authentically reflect the full spectrum of human complexion. Wow, that's that's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's so nice. But like, it's bizarre. Don't you think it's bizarre? Because you know, when like, listen, listen. The CEO huh. says, huh. "Keep the g- world uh, growing more diverse than ever before." Hmm. Crayola hopes our new colors of the world crayons will increase representation and foster greater sense of belonging and acceptance. Mm. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they're uh, taking too much, uh, you know. Uh, but don't you think that's such a, like, it's a very elite way of saying that, oh, you know, I understand racism, I understand uh, discrimination. Yeah, I know this is a very surface level uh, kind of uh, move. But yeah, then, yeah. Uh, but then uh, think of uh, kids who use it, you know, how mm. it might change their perspective. Mm. Yeah, I remember I mean, like, huh, you, you know, even uh, when we were kids and we would draw, do you remember how a lot of kids had this tendency to ma- draw like fairies and women with like blonde hair? You remember? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe this yeah. will make them think differently. I don't know. My bizarre news, <laughs> <laughs> you guys must have heard. So apparently they caught a uh, pigeon in uh, Katwa in Jammu and Kashmir and it was suspected to be trained in Pakistan for spying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have and, I seen this one? So yeah. they, said, they said that the pigeon was carrying a coded message and it was uh, captured by villagers after it flew to this site from Pakistan. And uh, security and agencies are concerned uh, and they're working to decipher the coded message. And uh, Apparently, there there was a ring attached to one of its legs with some numbers on it. So, and then there was this really bizarre report, you know, like how birds don't follow boundaries or something like that. Okay, and this friend of mine had a very funny comment to make. He retweeted it on Twitter, and he's like, he's like, I'm reserving judgment until they ruffle the suspect pigeon's plumage 
and find a cyanide pill. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, the thing is that. Like, I mean, yeah. No, no. Once it was like uh, once this pigeon was found, the in, some of the Hindi news channels just went crazy, and I saw some really funny headlines. Okay, someone was like, one channel was like, "Ye bajwa ka kabutar kya kar raha hai Hindustan mein? Bajwa is the Pakistani army chief." So they were like, as if the general directly, you know, picked a pigeon and sent it, you know, across the border. Anyway, what if what we, if this we know was what news channels do? Actually, like a See, if you think about the ring and the numbers, what if it was actually like a marriage proposal? That you then go marry me, and because like uh, you know, there's no other way to talk. Or maybe so, like, just like a love letter from the other side. Yeah, of yeah. Church. And then, like, what if this is actually a love letter and it's just being blown completely oh out of proportion? Like, how funny people would that be? Some yeah. people will be very angry with that. It's like, oh, you're making fun of this. This is a serious security concern. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so. Hamida, let's yes. begin with the Central Vista story, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listeners, as you guys know, Hamida has done a story on the Central Vista project, and uh, basically, the Modi government wants to uh, redo the entire stretch from uh, Rashtrapati Bhavan to uh, India Gate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of buildings that we have, uh, people who uh, live in Delhi and have grown up, uh, you know, seeing these old structures. Uh, and parks they all are going to be demolished and uh, the government has changed the law for the use of around 90 acres of land in the heart of delhi for this project yeah. and there have been a lot of questions about transparency and how much it's costing 20000 crores right hamida yeah 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 and how approvals were given so hastily and yeah. no consultation was done proper consultation was done and yeah. uh, for, the biggest question of all is that why does it need to be carried out now why are we spending this much money on this so called you know a lot of people are calling it a vanity project that uh, yeah. modi's uh, government is undertaking you know for his legacy or something uh, why does it need to be done now in the middle of a pandemic when all that money could be spent on improving our health infrastructure yeah uh, anyway hamida tell us about how this law was changed to yeah. reuse this uh, land so the first notification came by the delhi development authority if uh, listeners don't know who the delhi, delhi development authority is mm. they basically manage and develop public land in delhi uh, so they issued a notification in which they uh, talked about changing the use of 90 acres of land in two zones of delhi so there's zone c and zone d and uh, the Zone D is basically called the protective zone, and mm-hmm. it comprises the whole Rashtrapati Bhavan, Central Secretariat, Supreme Court, Delhi High Court, Parliament mm-hmm. House, and India Gate. Okay, mm-hmm. that's Zone D. Zone mm-hmm. C is uh, the place where they uh, house the old Secretariat complex. Mm-hmm. So basically, it has bungalow from the old, old colonial period, mm-hmm. and it has a few um, Mughal gardens, and mm-hmm. it also has uh, Delhi State Assembly. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Uh, the delhi development authority said that they would change land use in these two zones specifically uh, mm-hmm. and once that came out uh, they mentioned in the notice that they would be inviting objections and suggestions mm. but that would have to be filed in a period of one month right okay mm. so the problem was that the way it was starting say he uh, brought out the change in land use was in a very hurried manner mm. considering that you're changing at least 90 acres of land mm. there's supposed to be a very slow and deliberate process absolutely yeah. interestingly 80.5 acres of land from the 90 acres mm. was changed from recreational use semi public and public facilities to government land and mm. only 9 acres were left for the public wow mm. so mm. yeah and then eventually after um, you know a citizens collective called lokpath put mm. a lot of pressure Hmm. then they uh, then the dda said that oh you know eventually we have to do the public hearing so they did a public hearing in february hmm. but they notified for the public hearing 3 days back when originally they should notify for the public hearing a month back wow. so that okay. people can find out their schedules and you, be like okay this is yeah, when we right have right. to this is yeah. when we have to come in and this is when we have to talk right even uh, even uh, in your mention uh, in your report you mentioned that even the dda's notice for changing land use came after modi government had issued a tender for this project yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. 
which is really bizarre right yeah there are a lot of things which are wrong with the way it's been done like and you know the moment you start pin pointing them out you realize that it's a chain of things that are just you know like it's it's like a chain of dominoes that are toppling one uh-huh. over another hamida uh, for yeah. our listeners like can you briefly tell us like the exact problems uh with the project the the okay. main questions regarding the project yeah. just just before that uh, so you you mentioned about this public hearing so uh, roughly how many people uh, participated in that if you have any idea uh, because I it was a very short notice that, that's why i'm asking uh, okay i don't know roughly the amount but i know that almost 1300 objections were raised okay and 1300. there were a lot of people yeah 1300 objections but mm. they were not given any space for uh, you know being answered so it's like he, you can come you're given like a short amount of time to talk about the problem you have with the project and then you're dismissed okay yeah that's yeah. what happened within a span of 2 days which was so very it, very unconventional it it looked more like a formality than exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so there were a lot of experts who i spoke to who were like this is a sham this is this was just a formality it was just to show people that oh you know we did a public consultation when in fact there was no public consultation none yeah. of the suggestions or objections were consulted and mm. placed inside the change for land use so to mm. briefly talk about the problems with the project mm. so uh, in my report i made them twofold mm. one is the change in land use mm. and the second is public consultation because these mm. two things are the most important aspects which the experts i talked about said mm. should be brought out in the report right. so mm. the change in land use is first of all very very important because number one you're changing public land into government land and you're not really talking about why you're changing it what's the need for it mm-hmm. and second when you're changing land uh, public use there's a clause in uh, the plan which says basically when you're changing land use from public to government huh. you're supposed to allot the same amount of land in the area itself oh okay yeah so it's okay. like if you're taking away 80.5 acres from mm-hmm. central vistar to change it into government land you have to give 80.5 acres udhari he or okay. like okay. in central vista lekin itself which hasn't happened instead okay. what they've done is that they've said ki oh we'll make a national biodiversity arboretum which will be open to the public uh, mm. we will have updated facilities and there will be two three recreational district parks which is not enough right hamida okay. hamida tell yeah. us uh, you know what which major buildings that you know we know very well you know yeah. uh, we've seen uh, you know people will who, be demolished yeah will be demolished yeah okay so the ignca the indira gandhi center of uh, arts and culture will be demolished oh the jawaharlal nehru building which houses the ministry of external affairs will be demolished mm. and the national museum which yeah. uh, has like relics and artifacts wow mm. national museum is going to be demolished for this it's going to be demolished where will it be shifted to <sighs> that hasn't been uh, Uh, like spec- okay, talked about specified. it all mm-hmm. see that's also one of the problems there's so much opacity regarding the project while i was yeah. doing the report mm-hmm. i continuously had to talk to experts mm-hmm. at every point of time mm-hmm. because both the experts and i were bo- so confused about which of the buildings were going to go and which of the buildings were going to stay oh. so they are not came, even clarifying uh, no. something as simple as this that everybody should know yeah mm-hmm. and the um, the buildings which whose status are unsure about Hmm. are the national archives of india hmm. so when i spoke with the hcp official hmm. uh, falguni hcp uh, is uh, please tell our listeners what hcp sorry, is sorry yeah hmm. hcp is basically the winning design firm the firm ah. that won the tender bid for the uh, development project from gujarat from, yeah, from gujarat, gujarat. Yes. and they have worked with prime minister modi before uh, yeah. for uh, the creation of the bjp headquarters in delhi uh-huh. Yeah. So even in Gujarat, uh, they've done some work. For yeah, yeah, I think in yeah, Gandhinagar yeah. they did some work for the government. Yeah, yeah. So they've done the Kashi Vishwanath corridor project. They've done the okay. Gandhinagar project, mm. uh, and they've uh, like a controversy has dogged HCP design for quite a while because of the nature of their projects. It's said mm. that they don't focus on the culture, they don't mm. focus on the traditions, and mm. basically the kind of buildings they come up with are very modern, high-rise buildings. that mm-hmm. are devoid of any uh, you know uh, historic architecture right. they designed the i am ahmedabad as well if i'm not wrong yeah yeah okay so, so and the and the most yeah. shocking thing hamida in your report yeah. was uh, how see first of all delhi is uh, been all i mean every winter everybody is choking in delhi 
Yeah. And uh, 2000 trees are going to be cut for this project. Yeah. 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 And the uh, the way they rationalized cutting 2000 trees was uh-huh. that they said that the trees that will be cut will be put in holding nurseries for the time being. Matlab, okay. What does this mean? So holding nurseries means that they'll be put in uh, like, uh, I'm not really sure about holding nurseries, but I think it's something akin to like, uh, you know, putting them, like transplanting them somewhere for the time being. So they being. won't be cut, they'll be transplanted. That's what they're saying. They haven't specified that. They've just wow. said that they'll be put in holding nurseries for the time being. Mm-hmm. And they've said that, in fact, uh, what people are saying that, you know, the number of trees that will be cut will, re- will uh, reduce the tree foliage is incorrect. In fact, the number of trees will be increased because, you know, we're bringing a biodiversity arboretum, we're bringing recreational district parks. Mm, like that's the okay. rationale. No, no, but I think since we're talking about pollution, one of the yeah. major factors that contributes to Delhi's, you know, pollution, air pollution is that yeah. uh, there is a lot of construction activity going exactly. around all throughout the year. Exactly. So now this is something which in my personal opinion is not very urgent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's going to, you know, create a lot of dust for particles in the air. So I think that will again simply deteriorate the situation. I don't know to what extent. Yeah, and the most shocking thing is, uh, you know, there's all there's this constant blame game between the central government and Delhi government regarding pollution. You know, yeah, every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for the, like. They're not even bothering to do. They've not made any effort. The center yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. concerns about traffic jam as well for sure because that, the uh, the area where it is going to be constructed is like the heart of Delhi. Exactly. So if those and, roads are choked, then yeah. I think there will be jams everywhere. So mm-hmm. that's going to be another serious issue. Yeah, and plus uh, when I was talking to one of the experts, they said that with the if they want to finish this in 4 years time that means every day 450 trucks carrying cement bricks will have to come to and fro oh from God. central vista to like the place where they have Imagine all the that. yeah the materials and that will create so much carbon footprint that yeah. uh, they Definitely. will like yeah that uh, actually up to at least uh, uh, i think 1000 cricket stadiums worth of trees have to will have to be planted to reduce the carbon footprint. Goodness. Like that's going to ever happen. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. yeah. And another worrying thing is that uh, if uh, the the Mr. Bimal Patel, who is the head architect of the project, mm-hmm. said that they will have an underground transit system, mm. so they'll have an underground metro system for the officials, which will be connected oh. to all the offices in Central Vista. Right. But the thing is that if they're going to do this underground, the water mm. table will be affected. And if the water table will be affected, there'll be a lot of flooding. Yeah. So what will happen? Like, how are you going to, uh, you know, mitigate the flooding? How are you going to mitigate the fact that the water table actually, you know, helps around 23 lakh households something yeah, along those lines? Anyway, in Delhi, we're not very far from an acute water shortage problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So all of this was very worrying while I was working on this report to have to continuously talk to experts and uh, especially during the lockdown mm-hmm. when the government is even fast tracking it to a greater pace ever oh, since yeah. the lockdown has come. Yeah. They've started talking about the new parliament building. Mm-hmm. There's been mm-hmm. an 18% rise in cost and the rationale behind the cost is that, oh, you know, uh, there were certain things which we didn't have in mind. Now we have them in mind. Hamida, mm. tell me something. What yeah. is what is the government's reason for carrying out this project? What are some of the ba- basic uh, arguments they're making? Okay, so basically they're saying that uh, the project will first of all free up to seventy-five acres of public space, and those seventy-five acres. How is that acres, going to happen? How, yeah, how? Because they're like, uh, it's there is shoddy infrastructure, and um, the way the paths have been developed, the way the parks have been created, the way parking spaces around Central Vista, it's it's very shoddy work. So right. we will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, in a way, develop that mm-hmm. and utilize that space accordingly. Then they wow. said that heritage will be conserved, which huh. is like all the conservationists I've spoken to have said that that is in no way possible. Right. And yeah. one of the greatest rationale that they've used is said that all the government offices in one space will increase productivity. But the interesting thing is that when I spoke to the HCP official Mm. and I asked her how she's going ahead with the project, especially during the lockdown, she said that we have all of our meetings online 
and it hasn't led to any delay in productivity and i was like okay if this is possible yeah. then why isn't uh, you know if 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 i'm sitting in central vista another person is sitting like in chandni chowk and they can video call and the work can go yeah. just as great then why is that important yeah. <laughs> right. well, just to give an example uh, yeah i mean a, a, a huge multinational corporation like tata consultancy services they have now said that they are going to you know continue this work from home culture even uh-huh. after the covid crisis is over A lot so, of yeah, a lot of companies are saying because yeah, now exactly, uh, people yeah. have realized you know, that it is possible to uh, yeah. you know save on so much resources right like uh, chief of uh, this hcp planning design planning and management uh, yeah. he's made yeah. some opposing statements regarding the need to carry this project out right yeah yeah can you so, tell us about that so basically uh, what he's done is that he's given very uh, pointed presentations selective presentations mm. and in those presentations he's very vaguely talked about the project one of the mm. things which he's talked about is how there is a need uh, for a new india you know for it for the central vista to showcase a new india second mm. that it will commemorate 75 years of independence mm. because the project is slated to end in march uh, you know july 2024 mm. which is when uh, the uh, 2024 elections are going to take place uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and another thing which he's talked about is how like he said it very vaguely but he said that many people have over the years talked about the need for the redevelopment of central vista mm-hmm. but the need for the redevelopment of central vista that he's talking about when i mm-hmm. spoke with his experts mm-hmm. these experts they said we have talked about retrofitting you know retrofitting is very different from demolishing or what creating a building can you explain yeah. what that is so yeah. retrofitting is basically that you uh, renovate parts of the building within themselves and you you know it's for example like pehle aapke ghar pe ac nahi tha ab aapne ac dal diya you know pehle aapke ghar pe central heating system nahi tha and then you add that according to the demands ha 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 you know current progression so retrofitting is a little along the lines of that that okay. if you if you have problems with the seating area you rearrange the structure in such a way that without actually uh, you know demo- demolishing or recreating you rearrange yeah. it in such a way that it brings more room right. and that is what most of the experts have talked about they've said that we haven't really and and they've said that you know if if there has been a problem with uh, the buildings mm. we have mostly talked about renovating the buildings inside the buildings we haven't mm. really yeah. talked about demolishing them yeah these exactly. are age old structures these are iconic mm. structures mm. they yeah. you know attached to people's memories exactly whoever mm. i've been talking to about this they've said that oh you know we used to go out at night we used to have ice cream by india gate and mm. used to yeah. chill yes i and have done that personally myself yeah, all of us exactly. several times all, all of us yeah exactly and mm. once the central vista is going to be redeveloped is going to be barricaded because if all the ministries are in one place there is going to be yeah. high security exactly so you won't have the luxury of just strolling around having an ice cream right and uh, so let's conclude our discussion on this yeah. report uh, hamida do you have anything else to add what i would like to tell uh, our listeners is that one of the reasons why i did such an exhaustive report is that you get a very good idea of what's going on about the hmm. whole project because there's a lot of opacity regarding the project exactly hmm. and there's uh, there are a lot of uh, tables that i've put inside the report and hmm. one of the tables it talks about how the 20000 crores that are used that are going to be used can be used for train tickets for yes, migrant workers yes, for yes. pp kits for mm-hmm. bio cng plants to reduce trouble burning mm-hmm. in punjab for mm-hmm. 15 new aims and apparently wow. the 20000 crore project mm-hmm. uh, that exact number is kerala's budget plan for mm-hmm. the, to tackle the coronavirus outbreak oh really yeah, yeah. so it's <laughs> just when you go through the tables when you go through yeah. the you know the 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 reports i've put in mm. you'll realize how important it is to voice out your opinion regarding this so yeah. whether it be on twitter whether it mm. be on you know sending us emails so please do get into the heart of this project try to understand what it's about mm. and do you know try to engage in discussions with right. people 
around you with people who you love because a lot of people don't actually know what the central research mm-hmm. development project yeah. is yeah yeah they need to know they need to yeah. know to be yeah. able to build up uh, you know uh, a discussion around this so that something can be done yeah thank you so much yeah. amida for working yeah. on this report because yeah. we all learned so much from it uh, yes. now coming to ayan our in house <laughs> virat kohli <laughs> people still don't get tired <laughs> yeah yeah it's been almost 6 months now anyway how tired are you <laughs> no i think i'm i'm used to it now actually because uh, yeah, maybe you can send a divorce notice to anushka sharma <laughs> huh just that i don't have a partner yet unfortunately anyway so uh, listeners ayan has done this really shocking a uh, report on um, it's under the media section of our website and it is titled made to feel unwanted pregnant employee says a sam tv channel forced her to quit uh, yeah. so basically the report is about a, a reporter from crowd uh, news crowd news it's a yeah. tv channel in assam yeah so um, tell us uh, what happened i mean uh, so she was pregnant and she was asked to leave suddenly yeah, out of the blue uh, so uh, she conceived around mid january this year Huh. Uh, which means it's she is into her fifth month of pregnancy now mm-hmm. uh, what happened is that uh, from late january since late january onwards she started working on the desk she had mm-hmm. made a request to her editors her management that you know she, if she could be shifted to the desk instead of reporting right. then she would be able to continue her work Obviously. and uh, the management did accept that proposal mm-hmm. so she started working on the desk mm-hmm. but uh, when the lockdown started around mm-hmm. uh, march 25th Mm-hmm. uh she was asked by her executive editor that mm-hmm. i mean asked by her executive editor to stay at home and rest yes that's that that's the word used uh-huh. that she needed to be uh, at home and rest because okay. she was pregnant that sounds so, quite thoughtful yeah that sounded <laughs> quite thoughtful and she yeah. actually believed that you know her editors her management was you know really genuinely concerned about her health mm-hmm. so yeah she complied she stopped coming to the office anyway a few people were coming to the office they mm-hmm. were coming in you know alternate uh, shifts mm-hmm. but she didn't come but around mid mid april i think on the 15th or 16th she mm. came to the office once and mm. she did her part of the work she wrote scripts and did voice over for a number of stories mm. she did everything mm. then she was again uh, told by the managing editor that mm. uh, she need not come to the office she needed to you know stay back at home and rest huh. so then she complied again uh, i think on april 30 yeah right? mm. that's the date uh, mm. on april 30 she got a call from the managing editor right who asked her ki have you got any call from our management then huh. she was like no sir i haven't got any call from the management huh. and also one more thing sir i am actually fit to work so when uh, if you allow then i can come to office and do my bit of work right. then uh, the managing editor said it's okay fine then you come tomorrow we'll have a word and you can you know resume your work huh. so on may 1 that is the next day she uh, went to the office she did uh, some uh, desk work but in the mm-hmm. afternoon she was uh, called by the managing editor to her, his cabin mm-hmm. and uh, the, the managing editor said her name is ranjita by the way we haven't mentioned her name her mm-hmm. name is ranjita rava mm-hmm. so ranjita was told by the managing editor ki mm-hmm. uh, listen uh, there is something that i want to discuss with you the thing is that uh, since you you are pregnant and you have been absent from work uh, the management actually does not have any expectation from you and we thought that you wouldn't come to office because mm. you are pregnant and huh. she was a little startled i mean she yeah. she didn't understand what he was you yeah. know going at, coming mm-hmm. at right, and right. he uh, she then requested him to elaborate on the comments and he was like no the, the managing editor was kind of vague and he said he the thing is that uh, we actually thought that you wouldn't come and anyway there are you know talks of uh, layoff at our organization we are mm. actually planning to cut down on employees mm. and then she was taken aback and she was like sir can i go on maternity leave if if that's a problem if my pregnancy is a problem then can i yeah. avail of my maternity leave mm. then he said uh, well i can't take a call on that so for that you have to speak with her chairman so okay. uh, and 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 she was also told uh, the next day may 2 huh. she huh. was told that uh, may 2 would be her last day and she was i mean no longer required in the organization and for maternity leave and any other stuff she needed to speak directly with the chairman so the next day on may 3 she called up the chairman uh-huh. uh, sanjeev narayan she called up uh, mr narayan and she asked if uh, what the managing editor had told her was true mm-hmm. and uh, sanjeev narayan said yes it was true and uh, since she was pregnant uh, they, they did not want her you know any more in the organization 
and when she asked if she could go on maternity leave uh, the the chairman said ki that option was not available because she had already missed uh, you know work for a long period of time oh. and also uh, the the channel the organization did not have any provision of paid maternity leave so oh, that's yes. what I yeah, that's it. what that's what he said. That's what he said on record. And uh, for my story, when I reached out to him, that's what he told me as well. Isn't so, that against the law, Ayan? Exactly. So I was coming to that only. So huh. according to the Maternity Benefits Act, huh. uh, every organization is mandated by law to provide a maternity paid maternity leave of three months, hmm. in addition to you know other paid leave and uh, you know options like work from home or hmm. unpaid leave. to a pregnant mm. employee so mm. that's what the law mandates to every organization but uh, the prag channel i don't know what's their explanation for this because uh, the ch- chairman did not explain this to me but mm. he flatly refused the option of you know granting maternity leave to ranjita rava mm. and then she was really shocked and mm. uh, i mean she then had a word with her family her colleagues and finally she decided ki it was best to resign because the owner had already made up his mind and there was no mm-hmm. possibility of just you know reversing the decision so finally on may 5 she put in her papers mm-hmm. and then she remained quiet quiet about this entire episode okay she mm-hmm. did not speak up for almost two weeks mm-hmm. then on may 19 she put up a post on facebook mm-hmm. where she described the entire incident and mm-hmm. then the controversy erupted Uh, so I then people started calling out the channel people started mm. you know calling her up sympathizing with her mm-hmm. the journalist senior journalist from assam they also condemned the channel and mm-hmm. from uh, some some other you know national bodies of journalists they also took a notice of this incident and mm-hmm. came up with their statements so that's the development so far right and uh, ayan the uh, i think is was it the chairman of the company who made some uh, allegations against her that you know she was absent from work and yeah. you know he was making up all kinds of uh, seemed like he was making up all kinds but, of things but this is so weird because they themselves told her to you know stay at home yeah and to you know rest mm-hmm. and yeah. now they using now they yeah. use that against her exactly yeah. force her to so, resign exactly so when i spoke with mr sanjeev narayan the chairman i uh, pointed this out that uh, sir it was your editors who asked her to stay at home and rest because she yeah. was pregnant now yeah. it doesn't make any sense that you turn like turn on her and you say ki you resign because you have been absent from work yeah. no sense and that's what i pointed out and he said listen we are not aware of anything like that because mm-hmm. if our editors uh, make any change they always give it in writing so please ask her if she has any notifications about what she is uh, claiming that's oh. what he told me yeah. so he flatly refused that uh, there was anything like that that any of his editors uh, you know told her anything of that sort all right And Ayan, yeah. uh, were there any other layoffs also in this? Uh, yeah, so I exactly. So that's actually you know uh, the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. So okay. I spoke to a very senior employee at the organization, and he told me that this pregnancy thing was actually an excuse, mm-hmm. but it was actually a part of a larger retrenchment plan in the organization. So what happened is that about six months back. Mm-hmm. uh you know a rival news channel laid off more than 30% of its employees mm-hmm. okay. and then after that that rival channel started reviving its television rating points okay mm-hmm. so the prag channel's management bought it as a success formula they thought if we also go on the same path we'll also be able oh. to revive our trps we'll also be able to improve our business mm-hmm. so it, it it kind of struck them so then mm-hmm. they started discussing of you know of maintaining us uh you know tiny staff Uh, to make it more competitive and productive so mm. all those discussions were going on mm. so when the lockdown kicked in mm. and when uh, advertising revenues started you know going down mm. so they got an immediate occasion to uh, uh, exercise a layoff uh, in the organization mm. so they immediately prepared a list mm. which initially targeted about 25% of the total employees in the organization mm. but then there was some objection from the editorial team Mm. uh because uh if 25% of the employees were to be laid off mm. uh, the channel would not be able to run that's what they said so right. that's uh, accordingly uh, the target was brought down to about 15% of the employees mm. and over the past two months at least 10 employees have uh, you know made to resign have been made to resign from the organization wow. so they have been very careful about yeah they have been very careful about this they have not done it at one go ah, as many wow. other organizations have been doing yeah. 
in the yeah. recent weeks. Slowly they're doing like, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they're, they're firing 10, 10 employees at one mm. go or 15 employees at one go. So mm. what they are doing is that, mm. so they will say this week, they will call one of the employees and mm. they will say your performance is not up to the mark, so huh. you should resign. Right. Then two weeks later, they will call another employee. Mm-hmm. So they have been doing it slowly but very carefully. Slowly and slightly. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what what um, I find very bizarre is how there's this new uh, practice of forcing you to resign, you know. Yeah. It's not yeah. that, because obviously they can't fire you because that will look bad on the organization. Yeah. Exactly, so and then like, that might also involve legal complications. So that's yeah, why organizations exactly. don't go do that. So it was, you're, you're giving like a psychological toll on the person and then yes. you're like, oh, you know, it would be best if you resign. So obviously the person won't see anything else except exactly. the fact that, so that is, oh my yeah. God, wow. And I mean, the thing is that it's not that they are, you know, saying a fresher about, you know, non-performance. They are, they are saying this thing to employees who have worked for four years, so five her, years, this woman ten years. Also is like, she worked for about for 10, 10 years. years. Huh? For oh 10 years. Yeah. And she started working at this channel when it was not a satellite channel. Wow. Because Prague News earlier, it used to be a local, you know, cable TV uh-huh. channel in Guwahati. It became a satellite channel much later. I think around 2013. So she had been working with the organization since then. Wow. So oh, that's the problem. Shocking. And that's why it's you know come as a very shocking. So world. so what are they? I mean, uh, have any of the TV channel regulatory bodies taken notice of this uh, or issued any statements? Well, I mean, uh, I, ironically, uh, Sanjeev Narayan himself is the vice president of uh, the National Broadcaster Association, which is mm. whose 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 president is Arnab Goswami. It's a wow. new body. Uh, so oh, this was, I think, uh, okay. this body came in existence in two years back, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm. after the Republic TV was launched. Right. So it's a new body of more than 60 channels and Mr. Mm-hmm. Sandeep Nguyen is the vice chairman, mm-hmm. vice president, one of the five vice presidents, I guess. But uh, that body obviously hasn't spoken up yet, but there have been some statements. So, for example, uh, the Indian Journalists Union, they have come up with a statement condemning this. Mm-hmm. And then there is this uh, National Women in Media India, that's a network of you know women journalists mm. across the country. So they have also come up with a statement. And yesterday, uh, the National Commission for Women has also taken note of this incident, and they have also you know come up with a statement. I think they have served a notice to the channel. Yeah. So I am. Let's also talking about layoffs. Let's also briefly discuss your report on Telegraph and how they recently shut down their Kohat bureau and uh, one and. So the Telegraph shut down their uh, two editions in Jharkhand and mm. one edition in Guwahati. So uh, Guwahati edition used to cover the entire Northeast. Mm. And in Jharkhand, they had uh, a Ranchi edition mm. as well as a Jam- Jamshedpur edition. Mm. So in total, uh, com- uh, combining these three editions, they have laid off more than 35 employees. And but, these uh, employees, you know, huh. spanned across departments, not only reporters, but there were people right. from the advertising and marketing team as well. I yeah. see. But the the stark contrast is that uh, the Telegraph is paying what nine months severance pay. Yeah. So that that's true? a that yeah. I mean, there is a contrast. So yeah. uh, the, the, I think it varies. Not not everyone will get uh, the basic pay for nine months, but mm-hmm. uh, I think most employees have been assured of you know the basic pay for the next six months. Achha. So I think by by industry standards, I think that's a really good severance package. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And 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 some senior employees have been promised up to nine months of basic pay. Wow. Okay. okay. But in contrast, as you have pointed out, Prague News has not given any severance. Yeah, pay exactly. Pay. That's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ayan, you also did another piece on uh, very interesting. It was and about time that somebody brought it out. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is titled "Tough on Modi, Soft on Mamta: How Telegraph Covered COVID Responses by Two Governments." Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, it's quite clear. Everybody knows uh, Telegraph for their, uh, what should I say, clickbaity sort of headlines. Mm. Some people yes. like it, some people don't. Uh, but uh, yeah, yes. so Ayana, tell us <laughs> a little bit no, about as that. You have already what said, is the difference? I mean, the, yes, as you have already said, the Telegraph is known for its, you know, grandiose, funny headlines and huh. that on the front page. Mm-hmm. But, most of these headlines are against the Narendra Modi-led central yes, government. Always. Oh, I mean, and that's why uh, the Telegraph has its own fan base on social media. A lot True. of people like this kind of coverage. True. But the contrast appears when it comes to their coverage of the Bengal government. And uh, uh, throughout the month of April, 
there were a number of controversies that surrounded the Bengal government in terms of you know, handling the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just to put it briefly, there were serious allegations against the government about you know fudging data, data mm-hmm. related to you know number of COVID patients yes, in the state, yes, number of COVID yes. deaths in the state, and I, then uh, they, yeah. they didn't. First of all, they were not allowing that central uh, team. Uh, exactly. That also happened. And uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, when the central that team finally submitted its report, it said that there was like a difference. In the data, yes. that was there were mistakes in the data. Yes, yes, and I mean just to make it a little more you know illustrative, I can quickly cite two incidents. So mm-hmm. on April 12, a person named Nepal Burman died in the Malda College Medical College and Hospital. Huh. Uh, the next, he was he was he died on May 12, and he was committed the same day. Huh. Now this person was you know a suspected COVID patient, huh. and his uh, a test was conducted on his body. Uh, I mean a sample was taken. Huh. But interestingly, huh. when the result came, it showed that he was a COVID negative. But uh, uh, the the report the, the report of the result mm-hmm. mentions the sample collection date as uh, April 13, a day mm-hmm. later than he died. Oh. So then this thing was pointed out by a former CPIM MP, and mm-hmm. he put this out on Twitter. Then mm-hmm. you know it sparked off a storm, and then. Uh, you know, a lot of you know opposition politicians started targeting the government because there had been allegations already against the government. So mm. this, when this incident came to light, it became mm. all the more obvious that there was something wrong in terms of handling the COVID data. I mean, right. you are declaring a person COVID negative, but your mm. sample collection date shows that it was collected a day later than he died. Right. So definitely, it's very you know suspicious. Mm-hmm. So this is one incident, and secondly, what happened? I think uh, in the uh, in the last week of April. Mm. Uh, the superintendent of a medical college, government medical college, mm. uh, he was transferred. He was transferred uh, just four days after a controversy had broken out. Mm. Uh, what happened is that in the duty roster for all the doctors mm. in the medical uh, college, mm. it was written clearly written that if if a patient dies even of COVID COVID nineteen, mm. the reason of death should not be mentioned as in the death oh, certificate. Oh, so oh. this was instructed to all the doctors. Oh, so oh. this was also picked up by the opposition right. politicians. Okay. So yeah. there have been several instances and mm. there were you know, in irregularities in terms of holding press conferences, in terms of releasing data. Yeah. So the, the point is that a, a range of allegations rocked the state of West Bengal for almost a month. Yep. And yet the Telegraph, which is known for its you know, sharp critique at the Modi government, yeah. its response towards uh, the Mamata Banerjee government was very muted. Yep. First yep. of all, there was no grandiose front page headline. Mm. There was not a single editorial column that pointed out the shortcomings. Mm. And whenever, you know, once in, once in a while it, you know, it, it touched the issue, its you know, language of reporting, the tone of its uh, critique was very, very reserved, very measured. Mm. Which is very unlike when it comes to critiquing, you know, true, the central government. And you know, I am like, uh, I don't know what uh, newspaper you guys get in Guwahati, but yeah. uh, in Darjeeling, uh, we always like I've grown up with the Telegraph, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, but <laughs> no, I, in, in I remember also, like a couple of uh, years ago, uh, hmm. my grandmother out like suddenly she just uh, made the decision to change the newspaper and she started getting oh. statesmen. Because okay. she was not happy, and and this is like a, a telegraph. We've been noticing this uh, for a long time about yes. uh, you know its critical yes. view on the central government and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the same approach towards uh, the Trinamool Congress mm. government. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, think? I mean, I mean uh, you know, the reasons are best known to the organization, to the newspaper itself. But for a reader, you know, it appears as a duality of principle, you know, mm-hmm. and. And insincerity when it comes to questioning, you know, the powerful anywhere and everywhere. You can't mm-hmm. be selective, you know, mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. approach. If you are yeah. calling out one government, then you should that that uh, approach should be uniform everywhere. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's the whole point. Uh, right, and I just want to tell our listeners that we have this project called "Who Owns Your Media." It is a series, and we recently published the first part, uh, which basically looks at the ownership patterns at ABP News. Uh, of which Telegraph is a part, uh, Denik Bhaskar, and uh, Z News. So please do uh, read it. And uh, if you want more such reports on ownership patterns of big media houses, please go to our website and contribute to the project. And um, all right, I think that brings us 
to the end of today's podcast. Uh, let's finish off with some recommendations. Okay. You go first, Hamida, maybe? Yeah. Please read my report. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh-huh. I worked really hard. Mm. So I would be really happy if you guys would read the report and um, send in your comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like the report, then do consider subscribing to newslaundry.com mm. and uh, funding such NL Sera reports like this. Thank you. Yes. Ayan? Yes. Uh, I would also like to recommend Hamida's NL Sena report on Central Vista. Mm. Apart from that, uh, I will recommend a book which I finished reading some time back. Uh, it's by Amitav Ghosh. It's Gun Island. So it's a Ooh. so this novel uh, traces the story of a popular folklore from Bengal, hmm. and it's very interesting. So yeah, it's 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 a wow. good read. So I recommend this for this week. Thank you. Podcast, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so my recommendation this week is this uh, book, nothing related to politics, <laughs> and it's this massive, really thick book, and I am so proud that I finished it. And but it's so interesting. So it's called uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. And it's uh, by a writer called Susanna Clark, who's uh, an English writer. And uh, it's basically uh, set in the 19th century England. And uh, uh, it revolves around an alternate history of the whole uh, Battle of Waterloo. And it's about these two magicians. And uh, it's, you know, it sounds, it is fantastical, but then... uh, it's done in such a, it's written in such a subtle way and uh, there is a lot of commentary about class and uh, politics of England of those days. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys should read oh, it. And, a, apparent, and uh, BBC has also made Sounds this, interesting. Yeah, yeah BBC yeah. has made an excellent uh, series on this. Like, uh, I think seven episodes and I just started watching it and I think it's one of the rare few times, you know, when, when you read a book and watch something, usually you're always disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. but this is the first first time that I'm not disappointed by the way they've uh, made it. So okay. yeah, read it and then watch the series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So listeners, if you liked what you heard, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you tune into. We also have a bunch of other podcasts like Hafta and Awful and Awesome. Better the rating, more the reach, and that in turn means more subscribers, and that in turn means better content. And listeners. Since you are listening to this podcast, do make sure that you tell your friends and family as well to tune into our podcasts, watch our interviews and read all our ground reports. Everything is available on the website. So please spread the word and support us. Yes, please. And also, uh, guys, please write to us at contact at newslaundry.com with reporters without orders in the subject line. We're very eager to hear your feedback. We want to uh, improve this podcast. So uh, please write to us and uh, you could also leave your comments on Twitter or Instagram or our Facebook page. Um, Thank you. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.